Today we welcome you to the second part of our first solo episode of the Healthcare Leadership Excellence Podcast. If you haven't listened to the first part, please take time to go back and review. In part one of the series, I shared my insights on leadership fundamentals and the thinking changes that lead to behavior change, all in the context of leading through high crisis times. Before officially starting with part two, I would just like to say thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to learn and improve your leadership skills. If in any way I can be of assistance to you in any of your roles, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through LinkedIn or on my website. Both are linked in the show notes. I look forward to hearing from you. As I've said before, the pandemic has been a perfect storm in so many ways. The lack of solid scientific understanding combined with very global responses to similar threats has resulted in an incredible fear response. However, as leaders, the more you can promote the approach of we may not like what is happening to us, but we can choose what's happening inside of us, the more your people will have the opportunity to thrive in adversity. Remember, calm is contagious. Now, does that sound a bit trite, a little too positive and sunny? I have had that response from people, so let me put a historical context to that phrase. First a quote, between stimulus and response there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. Those words come from Viktor Frankl, an Austrian psychiatrist Jewish by birth who spent four years in the Nazi death camps. He wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning. The first half of the book is titled, Lessons from the Death Camp. It was Frankel who decided to climb onto the roof of the dispensary at sunset and look east into the beautiful sunlight on the Bavarian hills in the springtime. Looking west would have been looking at the smokestacks of the incinerators of the death chambers. It was Frankel who, on the forced marches in the brutal winters, to go to work on the railroads with ill-fitting shoes, no gloves, and abusive guards, chose to look at the purple-pink colors of the sunrise to keep a perspective. It was Frankel who described the angels of the camp, as he called them, those that went about giving their last portion of bread to others in spite of their own dire affliction. His book was noted by the Library of Congress as one of the ten most influential books of the last century. When you have that level of context, it is hard to call such choices trite and sunny positivity. So consider these questions. Did he ever deny the reality of his situation? Did he succumb to fear? Did he join the voices of doom? No to all of the above. And those no responses allowed for thoughts and feelings that not only allowed him to survive, but they've also formed a base for incredible influence after his personal afflictions had passed. So yes, another retreat to history to teach us what works. Let your voice be the voice of reason, reality, and leadership. Again, the quote from John Maxwell, if your voice is the same as the crowd's, you are not the leader. This is not to be cavalier about the current stress of our situation post-pandemic. It is to promote your courage for proactive choice that allows your people to have hope that this crisis will pass and that they can rely on you to have leadership insight and hope that boosts during difficult times 
The people you are leading in crisis will be those who will follow you after the crisis passes. They will remember how your leadership was. Was it from the front and inspiring? Or was it not? That is your choice. One of the key aspects of inspiring crisis leadership is putting your people first. There's a great book with the title, Culture Eats Strategy for Lunch. Another book, yet unwritten, is about people and change, which will carry the title, Maslow Eats Everything for Lunch. So let me quickly explain. A brief review of Abraham Maslow. You might remember him from an early psych class in college. One of the many theories you probably learned and one, as a leader in crisis, you never, ever want to overlook. He has several levels of human response, and we're only going to mention the first two, since those are the game changers during tense times. Level one is the physiologic needs. Food, shelter, water, sleep. Mess with these, nothing gets done on the long haul. Level two, safety and security needs. Even if food, shelter, water, and sleep are okay, Mess with these, the safety and security needs, and yes, you guessed it, your leadership, brilliance, vision, and spreadsheet magic is going to run into the brick wall at 60 miles an hour. Because safety and security being threatened triggers what researcher Dr. Joseph Ledoux called in his book, The Emotional Brain, an amygdala hijack. The eyes glaze over, the trust in you as a leader goes through the floor, and while the head might be nodding, your ideas are toast. Think that's an exaggeration? Why did the Wall Street Journal say that something around 60% of corporate change initiatives fail within a few months? When people feel threatened by change or crisis, they will fight in a fight or flight type of response every good idea you have. Why? They believe that their ability to survive is at risk. And so my point? Anything you put forward as a strategy or approach to navigate through a crisis will be worthless unless you run it through the filter of the basic physical and emotional safety needs of your people. With that, I want to be clear that I realize that there will be emotional and economic impact in many arenas that sadly will be unavoidable and life-changing. No Pollyanna thinking here. What will mitigate that will be the trust built by a few simple questions well stated by work from the Arbinger Institute. Think about this clearly as I run through these questions. Can you picture your people? What are their concerns and fears? Do you know what they think they are losing? Do you know what they want and hope for? Do you know who they need you to be today? Can you picture yourself being the person they deserve to have lead them? Can you commit just for today to being that person for them? If you can commit to the last question, your words and actions will be such that even in intense times, you will lead them through Maslow minefields and you will get through to the other side with your team as intact as possible and ready for all the opportunities that await. Consider the words of John Maxwell, one of the world's significant thought leaders in leadership. He gave this in a talk on crisis leadership. You can't manage yourself out of a crisis. You can only lead your way out of one. And you always have to do 
what is best for your people. Always doing what is best for your people means showing up in difficult times. The current nursing shortage and staffing issues are stressing hospital leadership to an unprecedented degree. It is a patient safety issue. It is a finance issue. It is a morale issue. There doesn't seem to be an area it does not touch. So a nurse manager and I were talking about this and he mentioned that he is currently well-staffed. I asked how he was retaining staff and how morale was. He noted that things were headed in the right direction. I, I need to emphasize that getting this person to recognize his own contribution to such progress and even having him accept compliments is somewhat like pulling teeth. He is truly an in-the-trenches leader. So after a period of pummeling from my questions, he reluctantly offered this response. Well, I, I guess it could be that we, referring to himself and his assistant nurse managers, I guess we just kept showing up when we didn't have to. Well, I just about jumped through the Zoom screen and high-fived him with that response. As one of our children would say, you think? Oh, the leadership power of that phrase. I guess we just kept showing up when we didn't have to. The four pillars of trust, as well described in the Thin Book of Trust by Charles Feltman, are caring, reliability, sincerity, and competence. However, this nurse manager wisely stated as we were talking about these pillars that you cannot pull the level on reliability, sincerity, or competence unless you have a reputation for caring. So what does just showing up look like when you don't have to? Let me give you some examples from this nurse manager. Having just finished a 12-hour shift, just arriving home and the phone rings, and the pandemic surge is blitzing his department he and his leadership team go back in. Pulling shifts when others need a break, even though the clinical part of his job description is already overflowing. Having the hospital CEO mopping a floor at the hospital just the other day when staffing was short. Now I observed the same CEO and her chief operating officer carefully picking up lint off the carpet on their way to an early morning meeting at another hospital when she was CEO there. A good use of executive time, you might ask? At that moment, yes. Because there was no one else at that moment to do it. Housekeeping was probably assisting during the shift change after a long night, and these two dedicated women thought enough of the patient and the family experience that they wanted their hospital to be the very best, for the little things are many times the big things. So the lesson for today is the following. McKinsey Consulting, whose research is renowned in a myriad of corporate topics, has long held, through thousands of interviews, that the most vital leadership trait is that of trust. Thus, the lesson in the wise words of my nurse manager client, I guess it could have been that we kept showing up when we didn't have to, could not be better stated. As one superb leader once said, leadership is not a cloak of comfort, it is a robe of responsibility. Put on that robe. This concludes our first solo episode on the leadership lessons from the pandemic. As always, feel free to contact me with any questions you may have regarding your leadership roles. Talk to you on the next episode, and until then, lead well.